You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We want to get into a more serious kind of uh, <laughs> series and the title is Beyond the Signs. Now, it is our hope that at the end of this uh, series that all of us basically will, will testify who Jesus is and what He has you know, come to do. That's our heart. That we will be able to know who Jesus Christ is, not just as Savior, but also as the Son of God. And that in believing this, we may have the life. How many of you like the life of Christ in you? Right? Amen. So that's what we have. And this is a study on the book of John. We will do this about seven weeks. Everybody say seven weeks. So I hope you will not be absent in all those seven Sundays and uh, it's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be an amazing journey. And the book of John, basically, if you know John, how many of you know John, the Apostle John, the son of Zebedee, okay? Um, he's, uh, he's called the John the Beloved. He wrote one of the Gospels, okay, the Gospel according to John, all right? So we have Matthew, what? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? And then last one is John. Okay, the Gospel of John is a... Very different uh, gospel among all the other gospels, okay? So you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? Those are called the synoptic gospels. Ba- basically, they are the same optic, okay? Gospels because they, they cover most of the same stories, okay? These three, these three uh, gospels, all right? But they also, they just basically refer to the miracles of Jesus, and it points basically to the power of Jesus being displayed, but with John, it's a different kind of gospel. Uh, well, s- different in a way it was written. He took a different, uh, different approach to this. He, in fact, he covered some of the stories, or the, some of the stories written in his gospel. It's not the same as the same as Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But one of the most noticeable features of the gospel, really, of John, is about the miracles of Jesus, which he calls on signs. Everybody say signs. Okay, this is just a picture, a, an artist rendition of John. He is the disciple whom Jesus loved. Okay, there's an inner circle, Peter, James, and John. But among all the three, okay, uh, he considers himself as the one that Jesus loves. Kaya nga, he is called John the Beloved. These signs actually form the backbone of the first half of the book of, of John. And each sign actually reveals something about Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the, the amazing part about, about understanding how John wrote this. It's always pointing towards Jesus Christ, our Savior. And there's something beyond these signs. Amen. Let me, let me share to you something from John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. It says there, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. John basically admits that there are so many miraculous things that Jesus had performed. But he's, he zeroes in to about seven. Everybody say seven. Seven signs. Okay, this is not the movie said the seventh sign, all right? This is the miracles that, that uh, Jesus performed. And John wanted to simply point everybody towards Jesus because of these signs. Now, what are signs? The word believe. Everybody say believe. Okay. Believe, basically, let me, let me read, read that again. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but are written so that you may what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that by believing you may have life in His name. Now, what's interesting about this, the gospel that was written by John, the word believe basically came out 98 times. So it came out 98 times. Why is that? Why did John write the word believe 98 times in his gospel? Well, simply put, John, John had to basically battle a, a, a group of Gnosticism. You know, you know Gnosticism. Basically, these are the people that were going against the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, they didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They didn't want to believe that He is human. They didn't want to believe that He was born of the Virgin Mary. No, they, everything was just against, totally against that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. So, John wrote this gospel basically to address, to battle against this kind of Gnostic uh, ideas. In fact, today, if you think about it, when you open the internet, there's so many philosophical ideas that are right there for the taking, right? And the moment that you, you read them, it does, it does so many things in our minds. And basically, even today, we need to battle against that. And the reason why we have seven signs or beyond the signs because we want to discover and understand that Jesus really is our Lord. He is the Christ. He is the one who saved us. He's the Son of God. All right? So what are signs? Signs are directional tools point to a destination, right? If you're going to Batangas, hey, pasan ka talaga? All right? If you're going to Batangas, you know fully well that these are just signs, a tool to point you towards a destination. We all know that, right? If I'm going to Baguio, okay? How many of you are from Baguio? Ako lang. Okay, sige, ako lang. Oh, uh, yeah, you are from Baguio. Yeah, come on. All right, if you're going to Baguio, you pass through the North Expressway, right? And you see all these signs that points towards Baguio. It's not yet the place. You're not there yet. How many of you know it's crazy to think about North Expressway and then you see the sign and it says, Ha! We have arrived. You have your family with you. You're driving. You're there in Andlex. And you see this sign. And you said, Wow, we're here finally. So what do you do? You camp. How many of you think that this is like, you know, that's crazy. We have arrived because you saw it, right? And many times, you know, many times, we're kind of like that. When we, when we see the miraculous signs that Jesus has done for us. How many of you received a miracle from God? How many of you? I want to see those hands. Come on. All of us, most of us have received miracles upon miracles of God. But the, the crazy thing that we do is we camp on the miracles, and we fail to understand that this is just a sign that points us to the person of Jesus. Amen? So this is the whole series. This is why we're doing this series, because we want you to not look at the miracles, right? Are you still here? Not just the miracles, but we want to look at the person who gave us the miracles. Amen? That's why we need to go beyond the signs. Amen? So I'm not going to preach tonight, all right? Uh, I called a friend, a phone-in friend, but <laughs> he's not, he's not uh, well, he's not a stranger to us. You've seen him. He's our musical director, one of our staff also. An amazing guy, truly, truly, uh, you know, you could listen to this guy when he preaches the word. Uh, it's just uh, full of, you know, full of the experience that he has gone through in life. So can you give a big hand for Ray Lizardo for our first week? Come on! Wow, thank you very much, Pastor Saul. How about a big hand for Pastor Saul? 
We're talking about signs, and uh, signs are actually very vital. It helps us, it, it points us to the right direction. In our everyday life, there are, there are different kinds of signs. At least in the world that we live in, there are different kinds of signs. Are you ready for this? We have, you, you, just like the one that Pater saw, uh, showed a while ago, we have like road signs, the street sign. Yeah, malapit lang yan. O kunyari ito, how about this one? Ah, Batak, Lawag, Manila. Just like Pastor Saul said, when you get to the, the, to the sign, hindi naman kayo ba? I remember this, this uh, drive of ours, I think a few years ago. It was the longest drive of my life. <laughs> we went to Pagudpud. Oh, man. I think that's about 13 hours, Pastor Saul. You know, and you know what? For the last five hours of the trip, I kept on seeing an arrow sign that says Pagudpud. <laughs> For five hours, wala pa rin Pagudpud. Puro pagod, walang pud. <laughs> I mean, you know, and there is also such a thing that we call traffic signs. Okay, so kanina, road sign. Meron naman tayo mga traffic signs like this. Mm. Bawal lumusot. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are uh, uh, traffic signs. We, we have another kind of sign that, which we call warning signs. Okay? Let me show it to you. Here we go. Bawal ang tao dito. Okay? Here's one more. Beware fallen objects. <laughs> and we also have our advertisement signs. You know, when you drive uh, across, I mean, along EDSA, we have those for rent, for lease, and all that. There are really a lot of different signs. Napakarami. In fact, <laughs> assorted kind of signs. Well, sadly, other people went to another kind of sign, like the horoscope sign. Uh, horoscope signs. I mean, signs that are really detestable to God. And uh, worse is that after three months of reading or a few months of reading these horoscope signs, you notice na paulit-ulit lang pala. Tapos <laughs> nun, you are being dictated. Your life is being dictated to a lie. And I wanna I, I wanna I wanna say this in love. Horoscope signs are blasphemy and sin. Now, there's another kind of sign. Now, <laughs> sometimes some singles come to me and I, I talk that we we talk. Uh I spoke to the Lord, I, I prayed to God, sabi ko, Lord, white. Paper cup sa hallway. Ibig sabihin, sign mo na, nasagutin ko siya. Oh no! <laughs> oh, parang maraming nakaka-relate yata sa atin dito. No? Well, I'm not saying that God cannot work through these kinds of signs. But what I'm trying to say here is that let's make sure that the signs that we are looking at are the signs that, come from, that comes from God. Are you with me? I mean, you know, let's make sure that the signs that we see are not even the signs that we just want to see. Like, you know, it's because we desire it so much. And that's why we talk about beyond the signs. That's what we're talking about right now. In fact, uh, in our Christian life, as Pastor Saul said, that signs are, 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 are tools to direct us to the truth. In our Christian life, Jesus is the only way, the truth in the life. And as we talk about another kind of sign today, we're going to talk about the miraculous sign that happened 
in a certain wedding. Have you been in a wedding? I'll tell you, me, I've been in a lot of weddings. Many of you have weddings. Some are really well-prepared weddings. But I also got to be in the weddings that, uh, that has bloopers. Have you been in a wedding that has bloopers? <laughs> I mean, imagine that. You, you have really pushed hard like a big production, and all of a sudden, everything just falls apart because of a blooper. Really major blooper, right? I mean, here you are preparing for your, for your wedding. You planned everything, poured out a great amount of your savings. You poured out your effort, probably spent hundreds of thousands. And then all of a sudden, it falls apart because of a certain, wed, uh, of a certain blooper. And that's exactly, actually, what happened two, about 2,000 years ago when a blooper happened in a wedding. And I'd like you to stand right now and grab your Bible. We're going to read our text for today from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, No wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have got to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites full of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. God, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that your word will not only be something that would teach our minds, but it would purge our hearts so that we may see your glory in your word. Holy Spirit, I depend on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, let me go back to verse 11. I want to start with that one. It says in here, this is the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and what? Manifested his glory. Now, what happens when we see God's glory? Why do we need to see God's glory? How do we see God's glory? It's by seeking him. It's by seeking Him and being in His presence. Why? Because if you seek God first, your problems will, what? Seem small. If you seek others instead, your problems will overwhelm you. Actually, this is most of the time what happens. Like when, when you get to a problem or a dilemma or a situation, if we do not see the God who holds all purposes together, we tend to panic. I mean, you know, for example, if there's something that you want to buy and you can't buy, uh, a credit card, I mean, hold on. Why, why don't you, why don't you even ask God if 
God really wants you to buy that thing, buy that iPad, buy that car, buy that house and lot, or buy that country. <laughs> or maybe if there's a, a new job offer, don't just resign right away. You ask God. You know, it's like, sometimes it's like whenever there's a problem, we tend to make a solution by ourselves and not consult God. I mean, you know, as far as problems are concerned, there is no problem for us that is a problem to God. I assure you that. Why? Because in Him, everything holds together. Do the math. If you are not in Him, everything falls apart. It's going to be so hard if you're going to base every aspect of your life into a certain culture or a certain group of people. Imagine, uh, here you are, you want to you wanna choose a career, but you still have to consider what the other people are saying. You want to choose a girlfriend, but still you, you are pressured by your peers. You want to decide on something, and you cannot decide because the culture doesn't say so. Imagine if you mash them all up, it's going to be a chaotic life, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, you're, you're, not, you're like not living at all because you're not living according to what God has designed you to be. Because you are so dying, because you are so boxed with culture and people instead of God. Hebrews 1.3, it says in here, okay? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the what? Word of His power. He doesn't need to extend His hand. He doesn't need to call the hardware for, to order construction materials. Everything happens by His Word. Everything that is, is. And it's all by His Word. Everything exists with His Word. So as far as we are concerned, you know, sometimes how silly is it that we, instead of consulting His Word, we go to the world. Right? Are you with me? Now, going back to our text, John chapter 2, verse 1, it says in here, On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Now, at this time, he didn't see Jesus with his know, ministry officially. He hasn't done any, any, uh, any miracles yet. Nothing yet. In fact, but in, in this wedding, how cool is it that you can invite, that you can invite Jesus in your wedding, huh? <laughs> and how cooler is it that He arrives and comes to your wedding? <laughs> and at this point, you know, the, he, has only, he was with His disciples. At this point, uh, He has called four, or maybe including John, that's five. And next verse, in verse three, when the wine ran out, this is the blooper. I'm telling you, actually, during those days, in a wedding, the wedding is the most celebrative or event of, for a person or a couple. They don't have, wala sila mga senior proms, wala sila mga ganun. They don't have debut or graduation ball. They don't celebrate in a uh, Sumilon sandbar. No, 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 no. They don't go whale watching at Oslo. No, 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 no. There's no Valentine's Day. Wala, there's nothing at all. In fact, during those days, 
during the times uh, the time of Jesus and the disciples and even birthdays are not even it, it's not observed so if you want to celebrate something in your life it's your wedding it is so grand that it is a feast for the entire community. All the big shots are there. And you know what? They bring out the best wine. They bring out the best wine because wine is a, it's a symbol of a significance. You know, when it's, uh, your wine is good, you're like, it's a status symbol. And all of those things with all the big shots there and all of a sudden the wine ran out. That's a major boo-boo. There's a major blooper. That's just too embarrassing. When the wine was run, when the wine ran out, it's like the reputation of the couple was running out as well. I mean, it's like their their major celebration, their major event of their human life is falling apart. But you know what? In this in the in this kind of times and in this kind of in this time event of uh, the, the, when these things happen in our lives, sometimes or maybe a lot of times, God allows these things to happen because He wants you to seek Him first, to seek Him first more than the things that you want. And as much as you seek Him first, then your desires will align to His desire. And every desire that you have will be aligned according to what He wants. And all of these things will be added unto you. In fact, Matthew, you know this, this verse, right? Matthew 6.33 said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. I'm telling you, whatever your plans are, God is bigger than your plans. God is bigger than the things that are, that are going to be added unto you. The healing that you're asking, the healer is bigger. The provision that you're asking, the provider is bigger. You know, the victory that you had in life, the victor is greater. And I'm telling you, that's the reason why your relationship with Jesus is much, much, much more important than any of your other relationships. Why? Because if, if your relationship with God is right, then your relationship with the other ones are going to just be on its place. Why? Because you don't look at them according to their performance, but you are looking at them because Jesus loves them as well. And so if you, probably if you have, if, you, if, if, there's, not, if there's a relationship that you have that is something wrong, something wrong with your relationship with somebody, better check out your relationship with God. Are you with me? Okay, now, verse 3, John chapter 2, verse 3, it says here, The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Okay, this is Mary. Mary was believed to be actually, you know, some Bible scholars said that she was related to the one who's getting married. In fact, some Bible scientists says that the one getting married is actually one of her sons. 
Okay, but that's not the point. That's just a fun fact. The point that I want to drive at is this. When a situation, when the, the situation, this situation happened, since she knows that Jesus is present, okay, Mary's immediate instinct was to turn to Jesus. How about us? When something goes wrong in our lives, who do we turn to? What's our immediate instinct? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Jesus is with you 24-7-365 all the rest of your life. And He is with you always and for your well-being. He is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? We just sang that a while ago, right? I mean, with this situation, it says that uh, there was a lack. But for Mary, Mary knows that Jesus is with her. So she, and she knows that God is faithful and He is more than enough when He provides. I mean, I'm telling you, in any situation, our first instinct should be to go to God. I mean, you have a problem with your boss. Don't resign right away. You go to God. You have a problem with your girlfriend. Don't break up. You prayed for this. You invested time for this. But not, that's not the point. You go to God first before doing a making a decision. I mean, if you have a problem with your business permits, don't go to the fixers. You go to God and ask for help. You petition. I'm telling you, in any situation, our first instinct should be to go to God. Now, with this aspect, with, with this point, Mary went to Jesus because of three things, I believe. And you know what? Uh, I'll share it to you, okay? Because she knows Jesus is God. How about us? Do we know that Jesus is God? Or maybe it's something just like a cliche to us. Do we read the Bible? Do we have our devotions? Do we attend our victory groups? Number two, maybe, uh, not maybe, but because she knows Jesus. Meaning to say she has a personal relationship with Jesus. How about us? Do we have a continuous, continual, progressive relationship with Jesus in our lives? Or Jesus has become to be just an entry point of Christianity? Or are, do we have more relationship with our career? Are we more related to our girlfriend? Or are we, are we having more relationship with our discipleship friends? I mean, sometimes funny, we can go under, we can hide, the, hide under the cloak of discipleship is relationship, which it is. Discipleship is relationship. But you see, if your relationship, if your bonding is just horizontal and it's not pointing to God, that could be very dangerous. Ito, ito mga mangyayari niya. What can come out will be a click. Clicks come out. The next thing are groupies. The next thing is that you feel exclusive with one another. And then since you are exclusive with one another, you expect something already that the other person will do for you. There's an entitlement. The next thing is idolatry. 
Thirdly, Mary went to Jesus because she knows in any situation, Jesus is all she needs. And I'd like to encourage you today. In any situation, Jesus plus nothing is everything. Jesus alone, period. So would we rather find directions from, you know, when you, when you have a situation, a problem, do you, would you rather find a, a, a Facebook status so that you could, you know, have advice, a direction? Or would you go to the Word of God? I'm going to show you a, a, another sign. Medyo nagiging seryoso na kayo. Do you know this sign? Of course, everybody knows that. This is a uh, restroom, male and female restroom signs, right? Now, I want you to be honest with you. I'm going to ask you something. Okay, in your entire life, have you ever entered a wrong comfort room? Probably you were texting, probably your mind was somewhere else. You were not focusing. And sometimes that's how it is when we don't focus our eyes on Jesus. If we don't set our eyes on Jesus, we won't see the sign. I'm telling you, if we want to see the signs of God, if we want to see the signs of God, we have to turn into God's direction. Just like a while ago, diba? I showed you that direction. Now, unless you go to that direction, you won't see the sign, right? Now, unless we turn to God's direction, we won't see the sign that He's giving us. Are you with me? I mean, we won't see the sign. And <laughs> The sign that we're going to see is the signs that the world is giving us. In the world, the world can give you good advice, but the gospel can bring you the good news. Verse 4, okay? Jesus said, woman, what does this have got to do with me? My hour has not yet come. <laughs> with this verse, when I, when I was reading this one, I, I remembered my son. He's, he's here. <laughs> anyway, you know. Sometimes, uh, in a busy day, especially Paka Tuesday, no pastor, so everything is just running around, you know, you got meetings, you ha I have to do my, my musical arrangements, studies, and all of that, so busy, then all of a sudden, my son calls in the middle of the day, and so, oh, how, how are you, son, how, how are you, uh, why did you call at this time, are you okay, yes, dad, I'm hungry, <laughs> okay, okay, uh, my time has not yet come. <laughs> I'm going to arrive probably about 8 p.m., 8 in the evening. But it's okay, son. I'm going to punch in a delivery for you. Okay? So just wait for it. I love you. Bye. I'm just a human father. How about our God, who's more of a loving, a perfect father to us? And so, yeah, that's the permissive will of God right there. You may pray to God for your petitions. I'm telling you, He's always there. Even in the wee hours of the morning, any time, any place, any second, He's always there. Verse 5, His mother said to His servants, Sabi na nga ni Jesus, di ba? I mean, my time has not yet come. And yet, this is what, what Mary said. Do whatever He tells you. I'm telling you, Mary's attitude towards Jesus in this situation are these. Dependence. Anything happens, I go to Jesus. I encourage you. Anything happens, go to Jesus. 
Number two, confidence. I know with Jesus, nothing is impossible. Wala nang, wala nang wine. No, I know every, anything is possible with God. And the third one is humility. Humility. Mary was the mother, okay? Mary was the mother. Jesus is her son. And yet she wasn't insecure at all because she knows he was the one sent by God to do the redemptive work for the people. How many times have we been so insecure because somebody is better than us? But in this situation with Mary, Mary more than submits to his will, she surrenders to his will. In fact, you know how surrendering to, to the will of God is? Surrendering to the will of God is giving up your plan and following his. Are you with me? Not only because we are dictated to, but because of the compelling love that He has shown for us and it was exemplified at the cross. And you know what? The best outcome of your life is not your plan, but God's plan. See ye first the kingdom of God. His God. The plan of God is the best for your life. In fact, I have a quote here by Ravi Zacharias, and he said this. The loneliest moment in life is when you just experience what you thought would deliver the ultimate, and it has let you down. This is when you get to see and look at the wrong sign, the sign which points you to a lie. You know, Jim Carrey, that famous comedian, you know, the, 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 uh, the Hollywood actor who's probably raked up millions of dollars and is so famous, said this, I wish everyone could experience being rich and famous so they'd see it wasn't the answer to anything. I want to encourage you today, whatever your question in life is, there is only one answer. Jesus is the answer. And I'm telling you, no matter, no matter where you are right now, what situation you are right now in your life, He is able to save you. No, 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 Kuyere, you, you don't understand. <laughs> My life is really falling apart. I, I'm a rebel. I'm a no good for nothing. I'm unfaithful. God cannot save you. No. You know how God responds to our unfaithfulness? God responds to our unfaithfulness with His faithfulness. 2 Timothy says this, Even if we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. Ladies and gentlemen, His faithfulness, God's faithfulness, is not based on our good works. It's based on His love, His grace, and His mercy. Verse 6 and 7, okay? Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Actually, 
Each of those jar contains two to three forkins. Okay, fork is F-O-R-K-E-N-S. A forkin is, you know, it's an ancient measurement for liquids, roughly about 11 gallons. So, mga about 33 gallons ang bawat isa. Now, the water and the jars that were used were not just ordinary waters, water in jars. The water and the jars were the ones used for ceremonial washing. In short, it's really filthy. Ito yung ginagamit for the washing of the feet, washing of the hands. This is actually a representation of how filthy and sinful we are. And the next verse goes like this. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. Now become wine. The water, the filthy, dirty water, it became wine. Is actually the representation that because of Christ's death on the cross, we have been made clean. We have become wine. Not just wine, but good wine. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new. The old has. The new has. Are you, glad, uh, are you glad that our God doesn't only forgive, but He restores? Oh, come on, give God a praise. You know, the gospel. Oh. The gospel is not just an entry point. It's not just an ABC. It's the A to Z of Christianity. Real change can only be found in Christ. Yes, there's a bad news. By ourselves, we can't change ourselves. But the good news is that we have a Savior who can change us. I'll tell you, even, even the strongest resolve, sige, talagang pipiliting ko to. But even the strongest resolve, is not enough to change our lives. A new affection has to take place. There has to be a new one. Sometimes we try to dislodge sin. It's going to be hard because by nature we are sinful. There has, to, there has to be a new affection that has to take place and that's the gospel. You know what? The heart would, would definitely revolt if it becomes empty. It will always want to be filled up with something. Today, why don't we fill our heart with a new affection? The affection of Jesus Christ. You see, it's not even enough to realize our worthlessness. We must realize the worthiness of God. If you want to change, Lord, but if you want to want to have a real change in your life, it won't take effect by just merely realizing that you are worthless. You're just gonna go self-pity. But knowing the worthiness of God develops a non-dictated choice to follow Him. The love of God. The love of God. And the love of the world cannot go together. It cannot go together. 
There is no competition. I mean, you know, the love of God, the love of the world, no dice, no competition. But there has to be a choice. You have to make a choice today. Today. He wants to save you today. Today is the day of your salvation. I'm not talking only to, uh, about, you know, uh, having Christ enter your life, but having Christ the Lord of your life. My main point is this. Salvation does not come because of a changed life. A changed life comes in response to the gospel. Real change can only be found in Christ. In fact, Christ is bigger than the change. And I said, as I said a while ago, you need to make a choice today. He is waiting for you. Right at this time, I'd like to I'd like to ask you to bow down your heads and just close your eyes. I'd like to pray for a group of people right now. Or maybe this is you. You've been like, you know, whenever there's something that comes wrong, you're grasping. And instead of instead of turning to God, you turn to other things. This has to stop now. Only in Jesus you can find peace and hope. And if you are this person, I'd like you to raise your hand and let me pray for you. Yes, I can see your hands. Come on. If this is you who needs a prayer that God I want to give my everything, my every day, whatever decisions that I'm going to make, I'm going to surrender it to you now from this time on. If this is you, raise up your hand so high. Come on, come on, raise it so high and I'm going to pray for you. Just keep it being raised. God, God, I pray for your people. I pray for these people. God, I pray that you would give them the grace to see the sign. But not only the sign, but they would see the person behind, beyond the sign. That they would not stop just looking at, uh, at the healing or the, the provision or the answer. But they would look at the God of the healing. That they would look at the God of the provision. That they would look at the God of that answer. God, I pray that from this time on, God, the miracles that they are right now, that, that they've been praying for, maybe it's a relationship, mending of a relationship, maybe it's, it's a health problem. God, right now, in Jesus' name, not because of entitlement, but because of your word, we are claiming that you are faithful and your promises are true. We claim for all the miracles of these people right now. We thank you because you are faithful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
At this time, I would like to pray for another group of people seeing the direction of Jesus, seeing the sign that points towards Jesus starts with your relationship. Otherwise, it's going to be just a cliche. Now, this one is not a cliche. This is between you and God. This is something personal. And you have to make a decision today. You need Jesus in your life as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you haven't accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, let me pray for you. Why don't you raise up your hand right now so high so that I can pray for you? I'm giving you a chance to accept the Lord right now. Yes, I see that hand. Can you raise it up higher? Yes, I can see that hand. Yes, some more. Yes, I can see that hand. Yes, I can see that hand, sir. Ma'am, uh, ma yes, sir. Yes, yes, I can see that hand. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Can, can you repeat after me? The ones who are here in front. Maybe all of us can pray with us, with them as well. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe that you are the only one who can save me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I believe that you have, you have, you have risen from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.